0: Of the Black Powder Podcast. The primer is hit, the powder is lit. It's time to get on target. With me today, I have a special guest, Mr. Will of I Run and I Gun Firearms Training. If you would, sir,
1: introduce yourself, please. Yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. Um, my name is Will. I'm, I'm located in Delaware. Firearms trainer, as well as, well, I shoot competition. I'm technically not a competition shooter anymore. Um, But I do um, help people get into the competition world for those who are interested. Cool. You said that kind
0: of like Rambo, you know, like, I don't do that anymore. I
1: don't talk about that part of my life anymore.
0: (laughs) So if you got got like a best friend that's a colonel or whatever, and they tie him up in the uh, competition range, it sounds like you got to go back and get him. Hey, man. I had, to get, I had to get on that helicopter and get my M60. <laughs> That'd be the next action moves right there. Yeah, right? <laughs> but uh, today's topic was one I was thinking about for a minute. And it will basically be facts versus feelings, gun ownership based on brand stigma, and why black people refuse to buy certain firearms. So what I've noticed is there's a lot of people on some of the social media platforms that'll say, uh, for example, kel I won't purchase kel because they had uh, dealings with George Zimmerman or you know, something happened at this gun range because they were treated poorly or something happened uh, between one gun manufacturer uh, as far as dealing with certain people in a certain area. It's, it's mainly just feelings over the fact that when it comes to certain firearms, we as black people don't really have, I guess you could say much ownership. So that's one thing that I, f- I feel, I guess you could say, you know, I usually think, but in this case, I feel is something that we need to get over as far as being in a sense, brand new to this social fear, uh, social fear, sphere, excuse me, or this community in general. But at the end of the day, Guns don't give a damn about your feelings.
1: So, Will, would you agree or disagree with that? I'm kind of in the middle because I can see, I can understand why somebody wouldn't want to support a company like, uh, let's say, kel right? Mm-hmm. Um, because how they, you know, they back Zimmerman, right? Right. And I don't know if this is true, but allegedly they gave him a tour of the place and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, I heard about um, that too. The, the problem, like, I'm all for, you know, quote-unquote, voting with our dollars, right? So let companies know where we stand, how we stand, and how we feel based on our, our buying uh, habits, right, our spending habits. <clears throat> Excuse me. The only thing I will say is that there probably isn't a company that manufactures firearms that wants us to have their products, like at the at the highest level, right? Mm-hmm. So at some point, you're going to get to a point where it's like, all right, well, what do I buy then? If I can't buy a Sig, if I can't buy a, you know, a or Walter, whatever it is, then what do I buy? Um, so it's kind of a rabbit hole, but up on the on the outskirts, I have no issue with the, the Kel-Tec thing. I, I mean, I don't know if that's because I have no issue or no desire to own any kel products anyway, so maybe it's easy for me to say that. I don't know if it was Glock, but I feel different. That's what I normally shoot. Um, I guess I would feel different, but I, I think there's a limit on how far we can go with like a boycott or something like that, because like you said, we don't own, for the most part, a large enough... A system of manufacturing that we can just go to our own and say all right i'm gonna buy everett's brand right i'm gonna buy you know this brother this sister's brand and we're gonna stick with that um so until that happens we're gonna be forced to purchase from people that might not like us yeah true and I, I definitely agree with voting with your dollars
0: as well i i guess i try and find a loophole through that because uh way before i even knew about the george zimmerman thing with, with uh zimmerman and keltech i purchased a uh, ksg and afterwards, especially in, uh, in was it, BGOE, uh, there was a lot of people talking about why they wouldn't back kel and how they feel about kel But in my opinion, I already spent the money purchasing a kel Now, it wasn't exactly through the manufacturer. Uh, I believe I purchased it through Gunbroker. So in the sense, it, I don't know, it's kind of one of those outskirt things where you do own something from the manufacturer, but at the same time, the money didn't directly go to the manufacturer—at right, least not from right. you. So, I don't know, man. It's just—I guess I'm looking at it through loopholes. But I also know that the history of guns, uh, no matter if it was in Africa, in Europe, in Asia, in America, whatever, there's always some negative history. Uh, and you just really can't turn your nose up at anything, especially seeing as how they were And I hate to use the term, you know, quote unquote weapons of war not talking about the modern firearms But right. back then what they were used for, you know, not only were they used for home protection But they were also used in wars as well. So Based on which side was using what at the time you can't really turn your, your nose up and say, "Oh, okay, well, this luger was used by the nazis you know the germans so i don't think i want to touch it but then you go and you turn around and you get uh get an hk if you want to take it that deep you should say oh i don't want to use a german-made gun because of what happened in world war ii you just there's certain things that you have to realize and overcome at least that's how i think about it
1: yeah i mean We're limited in our choices. So, I mean, at some point, if you're going to want quality, you're going to have to buy from what's out there. It's just, it kind of is what it is. There's no way around it. Yeah. It's very true. Because, I mean,
0: I, and I hate to even say this, but, you know, I do pray and I do believe. But at the end of the day, I know it'll take a lot more than my prayers to stop somebody that has the intent of doing my harm, my family harm, my friends harm, because just because I pray doesn't mean that there's somebody out there that's not saying their own version of a prayer, Like something to the degree of dear Lord, please help me rob this bank and also rob this family on the way out. And please Brad. let my aim be true as I shoot at the man on the way out as well but True indeed. I, I think that would probably turn my daughter into like some version of Batgirl or Batwoman or something so if, that's how it has to go down <laughs> All right? not not saying I want to get shot but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> anyway, <that's laughs> but yeah, but I, I guess that brings, uh, that's a good segue to the next question which is the average image of gun ownership is, is excuse me, gun ownership is not
1: one that reflects our own would you agree with that yeah because it's like when when the average person closes their eyes and thinks of a gun owner they probably think of i'm just saying the average quote-unquote american right i'm not Mm -hmm. saying like us or them um but most people probably think a guy with a hunting rifle over his shoulder or someone protecting their family or some kind of military image um if it's a if if we pop up in especially in their head then it's going to be something negative. It's going to be something that's dealing with violence or with uh, with something illegal, right? We're robbing a bank, we're selling drugs, or we're just posing with the gun, you know, in some unorthodox fashion. It's turned 90 degrees sideways, you know.
0: Street life,
1: yeah. Yeah, you know, so it's not it's not the same image that, that they get. And if we have identical images, then somehow ours is automatically negative, even though the guns are exactly the same, the people are exactly dressed the same, um, ours is going to be looked at as being negative when it's not So that's just something that we have to work on On changing Yeah, I, I
0: definitely agree with that That's exact, exactly one reason why I even started this podcast Because I and, and I hate to say it But uh, the one image that you said As far as uh, Father or family protecting themselves I, I don't really see The modern mindset of people Come to that conclusion I think that gets pushed down the most, which is ironic because with the influx of uh, gun purchases made by you know our own people back in 2020, right? That's not what all because I believe it was a, it was a large percentage. It was probably like maybe 80 percent, I think. But no matter what the numbers are, that doesn't mean that 80 percent of all Black people are going to be doing a 90 degree uh, pointing with the handguns or you know, running down the street with high points, drinking malt liquor with the pants sack. I mean, no, that's, but that's the image that not just society, but media and pretty much anything else points, uh, uh, paints of us because we don't really own our own social media outlets. And if we do, it has to follow that certain, okay, we'll only back you if and only if you do it the way we say it. So as far as, a positive image i know it's a it's a big goal but it's one that has to happen because as compared to everyone else we are actually behind on uh utilizing and learning our uh, second amendment rights so in order for us to actually make headway with that we are going to have to destroy the old image and put up the truth so i definitely agree with that
1: True indeed. Excuse me. Even from our our own people, from our own perspective, there's a lot of us who, and because of whether it's just listening to the media or just maybe where they grew up, their experiences, a lot of our own people have a negative um, idea when they think of a gun. Mm -hmm. Um, So you can talk to them about gun ownership and automatically they feel like, all right, well, only people that need guns are criminals or people that are about to commit a crime, right? And not just, you know, Joe Blow person that wants to make sure his family is safe that night. Um, so, I mean, we, we definitely have our work cut out for us. Yeah, we do. And, and I
0: definitely agree with that. And, um, that reminds me of a friend of mine. He was born and raised in Flint, Michigan. So, he definitely, by all means, has a right to turn away from this community. Because he's he's seen some things growing up, and I can't blame him. Uh, I actually offered to bring him to a range one day, and he said, I didn't say I want to shoot any guns. I'm good. I'm good. And I can't blame him because everything he's been through. So that I can understand. But like most people do nowadays, you feel and you assume without doing the research, you become a PhD of Facebookology, if you will, or you know, uh, (laughs) a YouTube uh, graduate or whatever you want to call it. It's just people always assume without actually doing the research they're without doing their due diligence so i think that's why not only what we deal with as black people is something that happens but also dealing with certain brands of guns and what we actually portray to them it's it's kind of like when uh i can't remember the exact uh instagram profile and this is anecdotal so you know it's, it's my experience but nonetheless uh it was a Kanik, or if you want the actual turkish pronunciation the the Janik, um instagram page that was posting some gangster-like stuff about the hand uh, about the uh canic handguns and rightfully so because canic does make up a certain part of i think the turkish police if not the army don't quote me on that but i know they're involved in basically defense like business like uh police or military so to have their image placed alongside one of literally somebody doing some illegal crime or whatever because let's be honest the gangster image isn't exactly the most flattering one out there as soon as somebody sees you know a black person with their pants sagging it's not going to be the most positive thing so now you've got the black person with their pants sagging holding the gun at the 90 degree angle and now you're sharing that image with the actual gun manufacturer on their Instagram. I, I, I highly believe that this is one reason why it's hard to find any, uh, any black sponsorships whenever it comes to certain brands, because they've got that stigma, like you said a minute ago, that this is what black people look like with firearms. it would be yeah. great to overcome that and if there's any solution to start that process that's what we need to work on
1: yeah and unfortunately sometimes we prove them right <laughs> yeah which it just sets us back even further and then we have to fight even harder to overcome that because then they could always say oh well you know this person here look look what they're doing these are exactly the stereotypes that we say and look he's every last one of them <laughs> God, yeah What's the uh sometimes I feel like they find those people, to be honest with you. So uh, it goes along with their narrative, you know. Yeah, I mean
0: the the media's been doing that for the longest time. Like uh okay, so if we say Ahmad Arbery right, which he's the most recent victim I can think of, unfortunately, but nonetheless. Um when they found his picture they put up it was like uh almost like one of those high school senior pictures. He was wearing a suit, had a blue background, he was smiling and i think as soon as they painted him in a negative light they started digging back into his history digging back into the social media and they started bringing out all the questionable photos which is is always funny to me because it seems like anytime it involves a black person they're like okay let's see what they got uh right he's wearing his hat backwards cool that's going to be the perfect photo that we can use to
1: frame it's it's sad at this point it's a standard playbook dig into their past, find what you can, even if that was 20 years ago, or even if it was completely unrelated to what just happened. You know, even if I did commit a crime 20 years ago, that has nothing to do with what is going on right now. If the police do something against me right now, what I did 20 years ago is irrelevant. Right. But you already know that's their standard playbook. If they can make us less than human or less valued, then it's easier to push that, oh, well, they deserved it. Or that I was a criminal anyway, or you know, it, it just makes their job easier, right? And I know Papaganda. the right. I know one of the biggest
0: phrases I hate to hear is actually one of. I'll give you two. Uh, the first one is not all, not all. So if I'm having a one-on-one conversation with somebody and I'm talking about something that is, has actually happened, and then it gets into a certain topic where you're trying to let them know yeah this is what happened this is why i happened to this person and this is why they need to act on it as soon as possible but when that person gets triggered and in their feelings they'll certainly they'll suddenly say well not all you know like uh in in the case of those two idiots that shot them we don't know what the whole neighborhood was made up of and i can't remember the actual facts but I think there was some rumors saying that it was kind of racist in there, but you'll have that one person that'll pop up. Like, let's say, for example, it was a racist neighborhood. That one person always pops up in their feelings and they say, well, not all, not all those people in the neighborhood are racist. It doesn't matter because you saying not all continues to portray the defense of those people instead of saying not all you should be getting upset and trying to fix it just like everybody else instead of giving somebody a free pass
1: yep it's just part of their deflection tactics man because it's not all but we're not talking about the entire neighborhood we're talking about the people that took this action that they shouldn't have so the other people don't matter so you people you know they bring up people that aren't relevant to the story and if you're not smart enough you'll fall for it right you know in
0: my opinion not all is just (laughs) you know it's just a way to make yourself sleep better at night that's all it really is and um, it kind of reminds me of uh, God. was it Ferguson is I can't remember God, it's been so long I can't remember what city had all the police action going on it was literally like the neighborhood versus the police and they started bringing out the tanks and everything but it was around the same time that Robin Williams died and I found it interesting that all of the negative things going on over in that city was plastered all over the news. You couldn't change your channel without seeing some type of quote-unquote law enforcement military action going on. But as soon as Robert Williams dies, the story just disappears. You don't get any updates. You don't know what's going on. And the story just fades away. something something always happens like that i don't know why it's just it's weird it's like they i don't know like they spin a wheel and say okay which star are we going to sacrifice now in order to change this narrative but
1: they can turn on and off the outrage at will and sometimes we're stupid enough to fall for it so just like in that same thing they can push you know and i don't say push because sometimes it's just reporting what's happening is what's happening right right um but like you said, they can turn that off and now they're showing you another story and then people will just like completely forget about anything else that's happening. Like, oh, look at that shiny rock over there. Oh, look at that shiny rock. And then, and that's what happens in this day and age that people, I call it social media mad. Well, you're mad and you're frustrated, but it only lasts about 10 minutes until, until Kanye West says something and then now you're worried about Kanye West. And now this reality TV star is getting divorced. And now you're talking about how that's affecting something. And this person's dating a trans person. So now you focused on that. And like we jump from one thing to one to the next and we never focus on any one thing. That's why we don't get anything done. Right. You can't stay focused on one thing.
0: It's true. Meanwhile you're over here banging on the keyboard trying to get your, you know, quote unquote form of justice out yep. through social media and you're only putting more paper on the fire more fuel whatever you want to put on the fire that's what's being done but the um the second phrase i hate the most is when somebody comes along you know different race whatever and they say i'm colorblind (laughs) that's that's the equivalent of saying not all as a matter of fact both of those phrases probably happen in the same in the same conversation but the thing that gets me is that it's real easy for somebody to say that they're colorblind, but there's so many intersections in society nowadays to where if something were to go wrong, like say for example, I'm hanging out with a friend of mine who's uh, I don't know, just, I'll just say a different ethnicity, right? Okay. And, and then, you know, something happens, police get involved and i know automatically i hate to even say it, but nine times out of ten i'm probably going to be the target because of how the situation is now granted anytime police are around i'm the last person to get into my emotions and start popping off at the mouth or anything because the last thing i want to do is bring more negative attention to me whenever there's already a a small layer of tension there already because sometimes it doesn't really matter the color of the officer. It's just the fact that people will always have preconceived notions about what's going on. And that could happen in a, a tense situation, or that can happen in a calm situation. Kind of like the um, the police officer that was doing the routine traffic stop in California. I think it was near the Mexican border. Um, questions the guy, he gets out. Uh, I think he, asked him if he could get something so the guy says sure he goes to the pasture side pulls out a a AR takes out the police officer and it was a a calm seemed like a a civilized exchange until that happened so if I would do the same thing I don't know if it would end you know I don't know if it would be as civilized or peaceful or whatever but regardless they have that mindset like I have to go home safely at night so I get that But the last thing I need is somebody who says, I don't see color, to start popping off on my behalf, making the situation worse, and then causing something to where I could be the one that ends up getting shot. You know, it's real easy for somebody to say, I don't see color, leave him alone, he's black, leave him alone, he's black. He don't need that, y'all always treat him like that. And I don't need that. If I got the situation under control, that's one thing. But just because you say you don't see color and then you turn around and you start bringing up my color, that kind of defeats the purpose of even saying something like that in the first place. So, but those are just my two phrases I hate to hear uttered on a consistent basis.
1: Yeah, anyone says they don't see color is lying. Right. 100% lying. Like, what you're really saying is, I see color, but I choose to ignore it. If you're a truly a good person, or you're just saying, I know what you're going through, but it doesn't affect me, so I'm going to ignore
0: it. Right. In all honesty with both of them, if you know what the situation is, I don't need you to come up and say it. I would much rather have your actions speak for themselves. You know? Yeah. But hey, I'm just a dude behind a microphone doing a podcast, right? <laughs> right,
1: right. Yeah. I'm just a dude right with you, man. Right. Um, <laughs> I don't do that whole, I don't see color. All right, well, you need to get away from me because clearly you're not dealing with reality or you're a liar. And it's more likely that you're a liar.
0: Right. you ain't gonna
1: tell me you didn't walk up to me and notice that I was a black man. There's no way.
0: Mm -hmm. Very true. And, you know, I I honestly think, I've always thought this, but racism isn't just about skin color, you know. Skin color is just the upper surface of it. It's always been about money period. If I can get this group of people to hate this group of people, then it takes the pressure off of having you realize what's actually going on. It's it's like a, almost like the Wizard of Oz effect. You know, I'm over here, like I'm the dude that's producing racism. So I'm over here, I'm pushing all this hate into the narratives and everything. Then the curtain gets pulled back. I look at you and I say, oh, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. And I close the curtain back and keep pushing it out. Because it puts money in pockets, so I all the system always needs anybody to continue the flow of hate, just so they can continue to make money.
1: And it's also about control too. So I mean, there's a couple of actions. To it. I mean, I agree with what you said. Well, um, then you also have the control aspects. There's there's a number of aspects to it. Yeah, I mean,
0: money money is is just a fraction of of what it is and i say money because it's it's easier for those who are in control to continue to have a flow of liquidity versus making it equal for everybody to have that liquidity and then they can do whatever they need to and have their own version of power so they can take care of themselves their community their families friends whatever but if i take that away from you And put that liquidity into what I have going on it's just easier to continue to pump that form of power that one portion of power into my plan there's also influence there's also network you know so many other different aspects of what actual power is but the easiest way in my opinion to continue that build that growth if you will of that power is to control the people yeah
1: so that's that's just how i look at that though yeah just almost every aspect of our lives is controlled by somebody that doesn't have our best interests um at heart whether it's what we eat and you know and you can say ingest and you can you can also lump in uh radio TV you know all types of media in that you know cause you're taking that in as well right Um mm-hmm. your feet your body you know or your person these images and sounds and everything else and all that is designed to to make you feel or act a certain way and it works right whether it's just them keeping you sick so that you can you know make sure that you you require uh medication or whatever it is that are going to fill somebody's pockets or something else I and mean, it's all an angle like right. they say ask a question the answer is money
0: true i also think it's uh accountability isn't as popular as it used to be because if more people especially nowadays would take accountability for their actions they wouldn't have to worry about uh, trying to find excuses for certain things that are going on in their lives you know like if I know if I sit back and I eat a thousand whoppers from Burger King and all of a sudden my heart gets jacked up and I gain a lot of weight I can't blame Burger King for that you know, and I've at my job, I'm, I've heard this before. It's just you're blaming somebody for giving you something that you asked for, but then you're saying that you're upset because they gave it to you whenever they know you shouldn't have had it. That's <laughs> you're just skirting around the main problem, which is the fact that you knew what the outcome was. Now, granted, I like my walkers, don't get me wrong could I eat better? Yes, I definitely could. But I also know that I need to take accountability as far as my health, because the last thing I want to do is look up and I'm, you know, getting Uber liposuction or something because I've made poor choices. That goes with health, money, people you're with, friends, family. I mean, it's all the above. So I really hope accountability 2024. I hope it happens. You
1: know we've pretty much turned our backs on accountability just as a unit um, if you think about it now if if we're friends or we know each other or whatever and I'm like hey man you probably don't want to do this now I'm a hater right or I'm shaming or whatever it is if I'm telling you the truth <laughs> then either I'm shaming or I'm a hater or something else similar um, instead of just someone like, hey, you know, this person was, was you know, cared about you enough to tell you the truth. And even it might be an uncomfortable truth or a truth that they know you might not wanna hear. It might even be hard for them to say it, but they cared enough just to let you know. You know what I mean? Like, I'd rather tell you the truth and you say, you know what, I'm never talking to you again, than to bite my tongue and, and not say it. You know, that's just me. Like people in my circle, they already know. I'm gonna say some shit. And I'm, I'm not always right, but I'm, I'm gonna speak my mind. If I think something is going the wrong way, and I'm gonna speak up. And then I expect the people in my circle to do the same for me. Like, hey Will, you're messing up. Okay, well break that down for me. How am I messing up? And I might say, I agree with you. And I might say, I don't agree, but at least we had that conversation, right? Right.